Hi, this is Cage Coleman, host of Game On, and this is Our Future is Missing. Please be on the lookout for 14-year-old female Heather Riggio, Caucasian, 5'1", 120 pounds, blue eyes, and blonde hair. She went missing May 6, 2007 from North Miami Beach. Heather has a tattoo of a Chinese star on her lower back and a tattoo on her ankle. Her ears and lips are pierced. Heather was last seen wearing a pink top, jeans, and high heels. So if you know of Heather Riggio's whereabouts, please contact the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline at 1-800-THE-LOST. That's 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Heather, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage, Our Future is Missing, or go to futureismissing.com. Thank you. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Stars that shine between the lines. If you would let yourself go, find some place you know. You can use your words, use your hands. You can change the world. Just pretend, express yourself, take a chance and you'll see who you'll be. It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. I'm Young Juan, and my co-host, Caitlin Darrow, will be joining me in segment two. So today we have a very exciting show talking about fiction and children's books. We have two very distinguished authors with us as well. Soman Chainani is a very talented writer and a filmmaker who was awarded the coveted 100,000 Sasha Grant. He was awarded this by the Jury of International Film Executives. And his first book in his fantasy trilogy that we'll be discussing today is The School of Good and Evil. And he'll be with us for segment two and three. In our final segment, Joanne Rocklin, an author of captivating children's novels about such heartwarming stories, will be joining us as well. We'll be talking about her books like One Day and One Amazing Morning on Orange Street and The Five Lives of Our Cat Zook. So, ever since I was a little girl, reading has been such an important part of my life. Uh, My favorite book, it's so so hard to remember all the things that I read, was probably like little nursery rhymes that my grandma would read to me. It was like one of my favorite parts of the day when I would be coming home from daycare and my mom and grandma would pick out a book and they would read it to me. And most of these stories were like the... Um, there were like Korean folk stories, and I remember reading um, like little snippets of things like A Thousand and One Arabian Nights and all like Cinderella and all those kinds of things. I grew up with fairy tales, and I still love them to this day. And it's really funny because just last week in my English class, we were reading snippets of A Thousand and One Arabian Nights, like the actual book. 
and it just brought back such good childhood memories. And people always like to ask me, like, oh, what do you like to read? But I, I have such a hard time telling them because I love to read everything. And when people see me, they're like, oh, maybe she's like the chick flick girl or the sci-fi girl. But it's like, I like to read both. And reading, it just gives you that perspective into people or events that you yourself might not be familiar with. And I think that every person has a story inside that they need and they want to tell. And so by reading, you're, you're understanding a new perspective, which is really exciting for me. Living as an only, like, not, while I'm not reading, I'm just like an only child living in a little city in California. But if you do read, you're able to just travel anywhere to exotic cities and be these amazing people that... Um, like people like Joanne and Soman write about. Um, I have wonderful memories of picking up books, thinking that I don't, I won't like them, but that I do really love. Like um, I watched the Confessions of a Shopaholic movie with some friends, and I was a little bit disappointed with it. So I didn't ever think about reading it. But one day I was perusing this little. Um, bookstore like right next to a library and I found it and it was only like a dollar and I was looking for some reads during the summer so I picked it out and this book Confessions of a Shopaholic by Sophie Kinsella was amazing and I just fell so in love with her writing and her characters and I ended up reading every single thing by Sophie Kinsella. Similarly enough I that's when I really started reading the chick flick section. And when I don't want to read chick flicks, I have so many other options like mystery thrillers, vintage crime. I love reading Pulitzer Prize novels because they're recognized by other people to be really good fiction. So I loved reading like Empire Falls and like The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath. Uh, my parents, they used to make me read classic books like Charles Dickens and Huckleberry Finn and I hated that so much because I was at an age where I wanted to read adventure stories and not exactly like books were in the 1800s but after coming back to them because of English class or just because of interest sometimes I realized how powerful that those stories are and how necessary they we are to read them. I uh, loved Harry Potter, it was one of my favorite series, and I devoted so much time to reading it, but I don't even regret a single moment that I spent reading Harry Potter. And books are really easy to find because they're everywhere, but the good books are hard to find. And my favorite character in Harry Potter was probably... Hermione Granger, because she was kind of like me. She liked to read, and she was really smart, and she wasn't afraid to be smart. I know a lot of people are, like, in any class, there's always someone really smart that never talks up in class just because they're really shy. But Hermione Granger is not that type of character. And I loved how strong and empowering of a female she was. Like, um, when Harry and Ron are having a falling out and when they're stranded in the middle of nowhere, like, she really takes the position of the leader and she helps them, like, get back together and focus on their mission. And I really enjoyed watching her grow up. Like, the first book was 
published when I was maybe in like second grade, first grade. And so I grew up with Harry Potter and reading Hermione Granger. And it'd be, it'd be really awesome for me to always look at my calendar and be like, oh, the new Harry Potter book is coming out in a month from now, in a week from now. And I'd always like count down and it was exciting. And it was really sad for me when the books, the, it ended and when the movies ended too because it was a part of my childhood that would would be stopping there and i still i still love rereading them and even though there are so many good books out there i don't think it's time wasted by rereading my favorite childhood memories and the movies i didn't really like them because they were increasingly darker and they're really long movies often and i would always read I'd always um, watch them with people who had never read Harry Potter, but I did really like the finale, and I feel like the movie directors and writers did a very good job sticking to the plot. Um, and I don't know if there will ever be a series as big as Harry Potter, just because J.K. Rowling put so much depth and effort into her book. Like, when I was rereading, and I had this like, little nerdy like book club thing and we were all reading it together and we were finding little hints and little bits and pieces of nuances that we hadn't realized. Lily's name means something in Latin and there's all these cool references that you miss the first time but that you pick up when you read it again and again. I did read a Twilight series, like all of it, and I had to read it right then, right there, like I couldn't wait for for another week before it came out in like soft cover. I recently read an interview by Stephanie Mayer. I read her the book The Host as well. And she was saying how she's not she doesn't consider herself a good writer, which I love because it shows that you don't have to be the best writer in order to write a riveting story. And I love I I love The Hunger Games as well. I go to the movies a lot, and I'm so excited for Hunger Games 2. And I think that Jennifer Lawrence is such a brilliant, amazing actress who really does have an up-and-coming career. Recently, I read Where Do You Go, Burdenette, which is a New York Times bestseller, and there's 100 per people waiting for this book at the library. That's why I decided to buy it. But it was a wonderful read, and I didn't think I would enjoy it at all, but I found... It's so humorous and so funny once I did give it a chance. And so thank you so much for listening to my story about books that I love and why I love reading. When we return, we'll be talking with Soman Chinini, an international film festival award winner and author of the new epic trilogy, The School of Good and Evil. Make sure to check out the photos, descriptions, link gossip, and more at expressyourselfteenradio.com. Facebook your friends to join our party. Don't go away. We'll be right back. And hopefully our co-host, co Caitlin Darrow, will be joining us. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. 
Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for tuning in to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, where teens talk and the world listens. I'm Young Juwan, and our co-host, Caitlin Darrow, is with us. Yes, I am back. And Simon Shinani is actually here joining us. He's a graduate of the MFA film program at Columbia University and the recipient of the school's top prize, the FMI Fellowship. His films have played over 150 international film festivals, won over 30 jury and audience awards, racked up over a million YouTube hits, and secured distribution in over 100 territories. In addition, his writing awards include honors from the Big Bear Lake, New Draft, the Cape Foundation, the Sun Valley Writers Fellowship, and the coveted $100,000 Sasha Grant awarded by a jury of international film executives. Before joining the Columbia University Film Program, Chinani graduated Harvard University summa cum laude with a degree in English and American literature. He currently lives in New York City. And his book, The School for Good and Evil, is the first in an epic new fantasy trilogy which follows two heroines, gorgeous Sophie with her waist-long blonde hair and her dreams of becoming a princess, and her black-wearing friend Agatha, awkward and door, who everyone thinks is a witch. But when they arrive at the school for good and evil, where children are trained to become fairy tale heroes and villains, they're put in the wrong schools. Sophie is dumped in evil to learn uglification, death curses, and other villainous arts, while Agatha finds herself at the school for good amid handsome princes and fair maidens. But the question remains, is it really a mistake? 
The School and Evil of Good and Evil is an epic journey into a dazzling new world where the only way out of a fairy tale is to live through one. And we'll leave the rest for your imagination. And please welcome Solomon to Express Yourself Teen Radio. Thanks so much for having me, girls. We're so excited. (laughs) Yes, yes, we're very excited to be speaking with you. And this is actually your debut novel, and you got a deal for a three-part series. So how long did it take for you to write, and where did you come up with this extraordinary idea of a school where ordinary boys and girls are trained to become these fairy tale heroes or villains? It's funny. It took me about, I would say, a year to plan it. So a year to actually work out the entire universe and and the story I wanted to tell. And then it took about a year to write it. Um, And then it's been about it's been about done for two or three months. So I'm just getting out of that whole process of finishing the first book and starting the second. Um, And it is going to be three books. And, you know, I think the idea actually came to me. It's funny. I was in London, I think, and I was um, waiting for an appointment and I was uh, walking around kind of just going through different ideas I was going to pitch at this animation meeting. I was meeting um, an animation studio and I just had this idea of two girls falling into the wrong schools. Like I just kept uh, kept picturing a girl in pink falling into this school for villains and this girl in black falling into a school for princesses. And I just couldn't get that image out of my head. And I remember pitching it and, you know, their their eyes lighting up and then being like, what else do you have on it? And I didn't have anything at that time. So that's what started it, you know, and I just kept thinking to myself, God, I would love to write that idea. I just didn't know if it was going to be a movie or, or books. So, you know, that was that was really the, the question. Do you think that eventually it will become a film series? I think so, because we're actually doing both at the same time. That it's a, it's a weird process because I'm actually writing the book and the movie at the same wow. time. So it, if, if what's funny is there's times where I don't know which is which is which, <laughs> you know. So um, yeah, I'm pretty sure we should have an, an announcement in the near future as to uh, who's going to produce the movie and um, all that stuff. But I'm hopeful it will it will be out in the next couple of years. Is writing a movie a lot different from writing a book? Yeah, you know it's funny because I think when you write a movie, it's so much about that two-hour time limit. It's it's just a different language. You have to be able to say, this is how much the audience can, can hold. And you know that from watching a million movies. So you just have a very clear idea of, you know, the emotional capacity of an audience for a movie. For a book, my theory is very much like, give them everything you can humanly handle. As I'm sure you guys know from reading a book, like, there is a lot in yeah. this book. You know, like, there's... I, I wanted it to almost feel like a Bollywood movie, you know, those three-hour Indian <laughs> movies where you get, like, action and adventure and romance and, you know, mystery and thrills and horror, and you get it all in one place. So you really feel like you just had this, like, banquet, you know? And I remember the challenge with this book was to leave the reader feeling like they got a full experience, not, you know, overwhelmed. So... I think it's just different. Like, you know, when we do the movie, we can't even put in a third of what's in the book because it's just shorter. So you have to you have to pick and choose. Is it hard picking and choosing different parts? It's a nightmare, especially when you're <laughs> the author. It's funny because my producer's like, I have never, ever worked with an author who has worked on the movie successfully because it's impossible. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. 
Judy Bloom worked for her, you know, other authors worked on their own scripts, and it's just not possible. The only reason we think it might work with me, and, and this is still we're figuring out, is because I come from film. So in a way, I'm less precious about the book. I'm totally fine, you know, losing entire mm. sections of it. Yeah. But um, it's, it's, it's difficult, let's put it that way. Well, I actually read the book a few months ago, and I really thought that it was an incredible novel. Sophie definitely became a favorite character very quickly in the book for me. And I think that's just because she's so enthralled with this magical world of fairy tales. So, Silman, are you a fan of fairy tales yourself? Oh, totally. That was my obsession when I was a kid. We didn't have um, cable. So what we had was just the VHS tapes of all the Disney cartoons. So I used to watch those over and over and over. I was obsessed with the Disney fairy tales, you know, and when I went to Harvard, the, the number one fairy tale scholar in the world is at, it teaches at Harvard. And um, she teaches this class for 12 kids every, you know, every year. And like hundreds of kids apply and you have to interview with her. And I just went in there and was like, you don't understand. <laughs> I am not interviewing. I am claiming a spot in your class. I, I have to be here. And luckily she took me and, uh, that's what started it. You know, I essentially majored in fairy tales in school. I mean, that's what I studied. That's what I did my thesis on. That's what I did my, you know, my papers on. I was just obsessed with trying to understand fairy tales. And so when I wanted to write my book, I didn't want to do a retelling. I didn't want to do like rehash old fairy tales. I wanted to try to write an actual new one, you know, like actually create a new fairy tale. So that, but a new fairy tale that, that appealed to modern teenagers and modern, you know, young readers. So that was that was the goal was to to sort of acknowledge the alumni of the genre right like by and then create a new class which is why the school made so much sense to me yeah i can totally relate to you because growing up i didn't have cable either so the, the only form of entertainment was in either old tapes or books and i also love fairy tales do you think that it's hard to come up with a new creative idea since so many people have explored the genre of fairy tales? Totally, which is why I think my secret weapon and the only reason I could write the book was Sophie. You know what I mean? Mm. Because she is not a character we've seen before. Yeah. And I think it's, it's funny because I had a lot of kids read the book as I wrote it to make sure that I was hitting the nerve, you know? And what, the best part about it was I'd give it to these super popular kind of like blonde, like cheerleading types that because, you know, I teach. So I know a lot of these kind of kids and um, to watch them, you know, without giving any spoilers, but to watch them sort of like read about Sophie and be like, oh, my God, Sophie's my favorite. Sophie's the hero. Sophie's the best. To slowly as they got to the middle sort of watch them, their reaction was always the same, which was, I don't understand what's happening in this book. I don't understand what's going to happen. How is it going to end? I don't, you know, I mean, like they would be so destabilized by it. And I think that's the sign of, of a fairy tale because yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. In the original fairy tales, you didn't know if a character was going to survive. Mm. You know, for all intents and purposes, they could have ended up baked into a pie or losing mm. their tongue or something. So yeah. you don't you don't know. And I wanted to make sure that when you read this, you had no idea what that ending is going to be. And we haven't had a single person, you know, predict it, thank God. But that, that was the big, the big thing. We didn't want anyone to predict that ending. Have you read The Sisters Grimm? Yeah, Michael yeah. Buckley's great. I mean, he's yeah. a great author, absolutely. And I think it's funny because we, we always talked about the fact that we wanted something, a book that The Sisters Grimm readers in a way could graduate to. 
You know, yeah. I mean, like when you're done reading Sisters Grimm, something like The School for Good and Evil is just a touch edgier, you know, and a touch meaner and darker and crazier. So it's something that I think you would you would graduate into, you know. So what advice do you have for young writers who want to be published? Because I know it's so difficult coming up with a creative idea. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I think so much of it is, do you love the writing process? Like, do you love sitting down and actually doing the work? Because I think the, the getting published is not the the hardest part. The hardest part is actually sitting down and coming up with a book that you really love, you know? So I would just tell young writers to find a story that they they can't wait to get back to, you know, and characters that they can't get wait to get back to, and then, you know, the rest will do itself. And when can we expect the next two books in the series, or is that a top secret? The, first, the next one's going to come out next May, so it'll be in exactly a year, and then the third one will come out um, a year after that. Wow, okay, I'll be looking forward to it. But I know one challenge in writing for fiction or writing in fiction is character development. And as you said, people start out really loving Sophie and then getting confused. So how can writers learn to develop their characters as well as you did? I think one of the things with character development is you have to really feel your character and understand your character. You know, you have to be able to say, okay, like what am I trying to present with this particular person? And you have to hear their voice. That's the the biggest thing and the most important thing is being able to say, you know, walking around and uh, when you sit down at the computer, you can hear their voice naturally so that the dialogue doesn't always seem, you know, forced from yourself, you know? So with Sophie, I was hearing her speak long before, um, I actually put her on the page. And Agatha became the response to her. So I think with characters, you have to really hear their voices. That's the most important Thank you. Unfortunately, we are out of time for this segment, but the good news is that you're returning to answer more questions in our next segment. So check out Soman Chinini's website at www.somanchinini, which is C-H-A-I-N-A-N-I.net. I'm Youngju On, and we'll be right back after a short break Visit us at expressyourselfteenradio.com and check us out on Tumblr at www.tumblr.com slash blog slash be the star you are radio. Don't go away. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Do you think that you can't change the political system in our country? Well, one host is doing that and started at age 13. Join Connor Brantley for Hello, the Future is Calling. Our show takes an inside look at what's going on in national, state, and local government from a new and very unique perspective. Connor holds our elected officials accountable and will bring you an unbiased look at what's really going on. Listen for Hello, the Future is Calling every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Kids. Help make a difference. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. Surprise you. 
Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey, thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Caitlin Darrow. And I'm Young Juwan. This month, Adventure begins with the first book in the fantasy series by author Soman Chanini. The first book in this is The School of Good and Evil and its wild and dangerous ride. And he's back with us here to talk more about his book and his film career. So my first question is... Were any of your fictional characters based on any real-life friends or family? Because I know we were just talking about the character Sophie, so I'm just very curious <laughs> if she was based on anyone you know in real life. Oh, my God. My brother, it's so funny. When he read the first draft, he called me up, and he's like, <laughs> you know this Sophie character? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, she's the real you. And I was like, no, <laughs> don't say that. But anyway, that's sort of the secret on Sophie. Apparently, she's the real me. But... Everyone else, I think, either comes straight out of my head or, for the most part, they do. Occasionally, because I teach kids your age, like I've been teaching kids your age for 10 years, you know? So a lot of sort of the supporting characters come from kids I've taught. You know, like Hort is definitely a kid I've taught, you know, Um, who I just could see his face so clearly when I was writing him. Um, so I don't know, the, the characters come mainly from my head, but Sophie was, I think, her voice is very much a part of me. And we were talking about the film earlier, and mm. do you have any secret hopes for actors to play your characters? <laughs> like, who would your dream team be if you could hire anybody? You know, it's hard because I think the kids your age, actors your age, change so quickly. So it's hard to be able to pin down, you know, anybody who's going to be right for the, the part you know, later on when the movie's made. But, like, if it was a few years ago, let's say, I think the perfect Sophie actually would have been Taylor Swift. And the funny thing is, she's perfect. And I, I, I don't know if fans, her fans, because she, you know, she has armies of them, would take that as a positive or a negative. You'd have to tell me if you think that that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I think she would have been perfect for Sophie. Absolutely. And also, could you tell us a little bit more about your film and TV projects, such as Davy and Stu, Kali Ma, and Love Marriage? Yeah, sure. It's uh, I finished film school, you know, about what five years ago, and then went straight into working as a as a director and screenwriter. So, Davy and Stu and Kali Ma were my, you know, um, short films that I made out of school that sort of went on to have pretty big lives, you know, around the world. And both of them are fairy tales but much more about the relationship between boys than the school for good and evil, which is about girls. And I, you know, I really like to look at the way that teenagers 
instead of focusing on romantic stories, which I feel like, you know, so many authors do better than me, I'm much more interested in the way that boys interact with each other and girls interact with each other because I feel like so much of high school is that. Very little is the, like, boy-girl connection, I think. You know, like, there's a lot of talk around it, but most of the time is uh, you with your friends plotting it out and navigating your relationships with each other. So I feel like that, in a way, is the more universal story than the romantic one. So that's that's what my films are about for the most part. Yeah, it's refreshing to have a film or book not centered around romance. Yeah, you know, in this case, I think, you know, obviously Sophie wants her prince. Yeah. <laughs> from the beginning, we know that this is not a, this is not going to be a story about mm. traditional true love, yeah. you know? And I just feel like fairy tales have done such a poor job of of selling what romance is, you know, and sort of deluding girls into believing that <laughs> they can be rescued, you know? So I had exactly. much bigger, yeah, much bigger designs in mind, you know, for what we could do with the romance in this book, so. And do you think your book, The School of For Good and Evil, appeals to boys as well? Absolutely. It's funny because if you take the cover away, which, mm -hmm. you know, we did with the test audiences, the boys <laughs> in a way responded even more enthusiastically. Wow. And the girls, because I think the funny thing about boys is they like having sort of a window into a girl's mind as long as they don't perceive something as girly and because there's so much action and chaos and yeah. horror and magic in the book they just they don't have that they don't see it as a girly book you know what i mean and they never did it's like it's just like fairy tales the old fairy tales were not gendered you know what i mean like boys like red riding hood mm. just as much as girls it's, it's all about the situation so I think it's just getting past that cover. And, you know, when I go to schools and start talking about the school for evil, trust me, the boys are into it just as much as the girls. So that's we, good we, to hear. Yeah, we, we haven't had that problem at all. And I think that's so great, too, when books can apply to either gender. But my question is, how do you like teaching and working with teens? And are you still a teacher now, today? Yeah, I, now I just do it privately. So I just um, tutor, you know, I have about six or seven kids every year that I work with. And um, I love it. You know what I mean? It, a, it lets me have people read it, read my writing as I write it. You know what I mean? And I can instantly see their reaction. And B, I just, it's, it gets me really deep into the characters' heads because I get to see, you know, how teenagers change from year to year. I pick up your lingo because it changes all the time. <laughs> like, just, you know, being able to see how your generation changes compared to, you know, past generations, it, it makes its way into the book, you know? So otherwise, other, I think it would be a very, like, it would feel old-fashioned, the, the novel. And I was very intent on it feeling, like, relevant to your age group. I definitely feel like that's true. Um, when I spend time with little kids that volunteer, they always say something new that I've never heard of. And it makes exactly. me feel, feel older. <laughs> <laughs> you but, can imagine how I feel though. <laughs> but do you ever feel like your life is a fairy tale in some sort of way? Um, you know, it's a good question. I I always think of life in terms of storytelling terms. Like even when I was a little kid, like I just loved telling stories and that was I that's what I always wanted to do with my life in one shape or another. Mm. I don't I see kind of like you know, people as villains and people as heroes in my lives. And I'd love to sort of think of myself as being in a Disney movie. But I do really believe that your ending is what you make it. You know, not, it's not going to come to you. It's not going to happen yeah. automatically. You have to work for it and you have to 
you have to pursue it. And that's not what the Disney cartoons teach us in the slightest. So I think that's the, that's the difference. <laughs> yes, yes, it's very true. As much as I love Disney, that's, I have to agree with you. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm, I really, really enjoy writing. And, and I think that writing is something that I'd love to pursue in the future. So what advice would you give to someone that wanted to be published someday? I think one of the things about writing is that it's so internal and so solitary. So you have to accept the fact that it's not going to feel all that natural because you're not in an office, you're not around other people, and it's just very, very intense and, and quiet. You know, if you're going to do it full-time, if you're going to write at night after work or something, it's different. But if it's going to be a full-time career, you have to be prepared for the loneliness of it. But, you know, in, that's why I chose to write a book with 60 characters because then it feels like, you know, there's too many voices in my head to ever feel lonely. So, And do you think that you ever got backlash because you were a writer? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think that you, your parents are always, you know, you know, worried about it mm. and all that stuff. But I think in my case, because I came from film and was fairly successful in the film world, then there, was, there wasn't that pressure. You know what I mean? And also, they, I sold the book before I wrote it. So I think if there's going to be any backlash, it's going to be against people who, you know, the fact that, I'm not necessarily a novelist by training, you know, but um, so far the response to the book has been really good. Mm -hmm. So I can only just hope that continues and, and uh, that people like the second one as much as the first. So my job is to make sure the second one is better than the first. And that's, that's really all I focus on. Well, thank you so much for being with us here today. We're so, we were so excited to talk to you and we're, <laughs> we're going to be really looking forward to the second book. Awesome. It comes out May 14th. And if anybody wants to, um, you know, see more about the book, just log on to the website at schoolforgoodandevil.com. And for more information about the School of Good and Evil, or to learn about what Soman Chanini is up to, visit www.somanchanini.net, and that's S-O-M-A-N-C-H-A-I-N-A-N-I.net. I'm Caitlin Darrow. We're your teen host for today. During the break, visit our creative community at btsya.com. Express Yourself Teen Radio will be right back with Joanne Rockland, who's a who is a children's author. Don't go away. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. 
In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the Tech Team, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey, thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Young Juan. I'm Caitlin Darrow, and to finish off the show, we have the wonderful Joanne Rocklin. Joanne Rocklin is the author of many middle-grade novels, including the award-winning One Day in One Amazing Morning on Orange Street, also published as an audiobook. Booklist wrote of her funny and poignant middle-grade, middle-school-grade novel, The Five Lives of Our Cat Zook, that the only perfection in this novel is that it ends. In fact, that book is also the Parents' Choice Gold winner and has won the 2013 Golden Kite Award for fiction from the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. Joanne was born in Quebec, Canada, where the wintry cold days and nights inspired her to read many, many books. As soon as she learned to hold a pencil, she began writing poems, stories, and diaries. Nowadays, Joanne lives in Northern California with her husband. She spends most of her days writing, reading, gardening, and babysitting her grandchildren. Welcome to Express Yourself. We are so excited to speak with you today. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. So our first question is that, when exactly did you start writing children's books? Well, actually, I probably began when I was 10 years old. I was a huge, voracious reader. And I decided that I was going to write my own book. And um, I had been reading a book called The Honey Bunch Goes to the Caribbean. And I decided to write a book called Joanne Goes to New York, which is the only <laughs> city that I had ever been to in my life. But then I grew up and I had my own children, began reading books with them and to them, and just fell in love with children's books all over again and realized that was my calling in life. So um, one could say that I've been writing children's books all my life, but I really started in earnest when I had my own children and they were reading. And what well, you once, once you started writing, did you stop teaching when you were writing full-time? Well, I had stopped teaching um, when I became a mother, and then um, I decided I wanted to study and get my PhD in clinical psychology. So I was doing that um, when my first book was published and um, found myself with two careers. And for a long time, about 10 years, I uh, was a clinical psychologist in the afternoons and a children's writer in the morning, which meant that I was able to stay in my pajamas all morning long and then I had to hurriedly get dressed and go off to work in the afternoon. And one day I decided, you know what? 
<laughs> not that I want to stay in my pajamas all day long, but I think I'd rather stay home and write books. That's my calling. And do you, what do you think some of the challenges of writing a children's novel is compared to a, another, like an adult novel? That's a really good question. Um, and I'm only going to answer it um, with the caveat that I haven't written an adult novel. But what I perceive to be the big difference is that, um, as you know, there's lots of different genres in children's um, books. There's the novel for middle grades, there's YA, there's um, easy readers, there's picture books. And I think the main challenge for a children's author is that he or she has to really know who the audience is, because there's a big difference between writing a picture book and writing a middle grade. A picture mm. book, it has an audience of <laughs> five-year-olds, whereas a YA, as you know, is very different. So you really have to know your audience. So you actually emphasize in talks and articles that writers are like cats. So can you explain <laughs> that to us a little bit? Because I have two pet cats at home, and I thought that this statement was very interesting. Oh, good. A kindred spirit. Well, I adore cats, and um, I feel good with cats around me. Mm -hmm. I've learned a lot from them, and if you went on my website, you'd see that there's pictures of my um, cats and my dog, <laughs> but I've learned more from my cats. First of all, um, they're observers. Um, they use their senses. They're extremely patient. Mm -hmm. They do stretching exercises, which I have to remember to do every now and then because I sit a lot. Um, and mainly they're curious. That's the thing. I think a writer has to be really curious about the world and the people in it. And one of the things about writing is that it's a solitary life. It's very solitary. I prefer it that way because I like quiet. And cats are wonderful to be with because they like the solitary life too. But the other thing about writing is that it's really a wonderful thing to read your work out loud. You hear things that you wouldn't necessarily hear in your mind if you weren't reading out loud. And I have to say cats are very non-critical and very good listeners. Mm -hmm. So when I read my work out loud to them, I feel like I'm not a crazy person talking to myself because they're really listening. I adore cats. And what other influences have shaped your writing other than cats? <laughs> well, okay. I think there were some others. Um, well, when I was little, I had a mother who adored children's books too, and she read to me a lot. And I think that that's a gift that any parent can give to um, their children, whether the children grow up to be writers or not. Um, but I did turn out to be um, one of those, I, I guess I was a nerd, reading constantly, reading, reading, reading. I was shy, and um, reading was my escape and offered me a great amount of happiness. Um, I had a, an active fantasy life, and I loved my library. So I've been a lifelong reader, and I have the feeling of a story deep inside of me, in my bones almost, so that when I write a story, um, it seems to come naturally. It's not uh, easy. Um, there is a lot of difficulty in getting through your rough draft, but the story structure is very natural to me, and I, I have a certain amount of faith 
that after I do a number of drafts, um, that I will get a cohesive plot. So I would say reading has been the greatest influence on my writing. And you visit schools and libraries to speak to young people. So what are some of those main points that you hope they'll take away from your visits? Well, what I really want them to know is that writing, the writing process is the same for everyone, young or old, published or unpublished. Um, it's really the same. We're all facing that same exact blank page. And we all have to go through that imperfect rough draft and make mistakes. And I always say that I love when my rough draft has lots of crosses and scribbles on it because that means that the ideas are coming fast and furious and I don't stop to make it perfect. I just forge ahead. I write little notes to myself in the margins for the next draft. And I tell them that the rough draft is supposed to be rough. Everybody's rough draft is rough. And that's the way it is. Um, writing is messy. And then you always have a chance to go through it in your consequent drafts to revise. Uh, thank I, you so much. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Oh, I can go on forever. <laughs> yes. It'd be so nice to hear you forever, but unfortunately, we are out of time. But thank you for speaking to us about your books and being an author. And to read more about Joanne and her books, like One Morning and Amazing Afternoon on Orange Street, visit www.joannerocklin.com, and that's R-O-C-K-L-I-N. Thank you. I'm Caitlin Darrow, and we want to hear your thoughts, and we want to answer your questions. So be sure to email us at btsyateenradio at gmail.com. And again, that's btsya teenradio at gmail.com. Check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com and our creative community site at btsya.com. You can upload your creative works at our website for free, get involved with Be The Star You Are charity, buy books and t-shirts in our store, sign up for a free newsletter, and make a donation to keep Be The Star You Are alive. You've been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. And thank you for always tuning in every week. Thanks to Star South Productions for producing this show. Thanks to our guests from across the world. And thanks to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program on Express Yourself. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you to our great guests. And until next week, remember, Express Yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine. Between the lines, if you would let yourself go, find some place you remember. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? 
It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune in to Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Do you think that you can't change the political system in our country? Well, one host is doing that and started at age 13. Join Connor Brantley for Hello, the Future is Calling. Our show takes an inside look at what's going on in national, state, and local government from a new and very unique perspective. Connor holds our elected officials accountable and will bring you an unbiased look at what's really going on. Listen for Hello, the Future is Calling every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Kids. Help make a difference. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Do you think that you can't change the political system in our country? Well, one host is doing that and started at age 13. Join Connor Brantley for Hello, the Future is Calling. Our show takes an inside look at what's going on in national, state, and local government from a new and very unique perspective. Connor holds our elected officials accountable and will bring you an unbiased look at what's really going on. Listen for Hello, the Future is Calling every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Kids. Help make a difference. 